Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas and Devin Hassan. Uh, gentlemen, we are three rounds down in the high school soccer playoffs. We have regionals coming up later this week. Uh, by my count, we have eight total teams left standing between um, 6A and 5A. So, yeah, let's take stock in the teams that we still have left, plus, I guess, a couple teams that we have been to do to over the past week. Um, so, yeah, let's, um, I don't know, Devin, we got uh, we got a few teams that are still kicking over in Region 2 6A, um, including uh, your Saxy Mustangs, man. Saxy Boys Soccer making the trip south to Austin for the Region 2 6A tournament um, after a thrilling shootout victory <laughs> over uh, over McKinney. So just yeah, kind of size up just where the uh, Mustangs are at heading into a, uh, a pretty a pretty pivotal week for the program. Uh, you know, I don't think this is a surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a team that finished second in what turned out to be a very solid 10 6A. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I mentioned uh, leading into the playoffs. They had 18 matches this year that were decided by two goals or less during the regular season. 15 by one score or that went to a shootout. Uh, So they're used to close games, Mm -hmm. and they have gotten nothing but uh, close games in the playoffs. Uh, You know, going back to that opener against McKinney Boyd, uh, it's a 2-2 game late in the second half when uh, uh, Jake Duvall is able to net the game winner, so they win 3-2 there. Uh, They move on to the area riding as Longview where they go 100 minutes, uh, scoreless, uh, into penalty kicks. Um, Saxe's able to go. They go for four for four uh, in their penalty kicks. Miguel Gonzalez, uh, their outstanding goalkeeper, makes a pair of big saves, which leads us to uh, last Friday, a similar story against McKinney. Um, you know, they're, they're down two to one late in the second half. Uh, Luke Braswell this time uh, gets the, t- uh, the tying goal off a set piece, which I, I bring up because all three of their goals against McKinney Boyd were on set pieces and obviously off the corner to uh, to tie it there in the second half against McKinney. So they once again go to a shootout and uh, after going four for four against Longview, they go five for five uh, against McKinney. Isaac Holkowitz netting the game winner. Miguel Gonzalez with another big save to lift them to the win. So, you know, uh, Saxe on to the regional tournament for the second time in three years. Uh, a lot of these guys, it's a new experience. They may have, they were on that team, a handful of them, but they weren't key pivotal guys. Uh, but you know, all these, all this close game experience um, has paid dividends. You know, I think th- th- those shootouts and those close matches during the regular season. Uh, is really that experience has really paid off, and they've done it with you know the, the, the backbone of this team is defense. And I mentioned Miguel Gonzalez; uh, he had 14 shutouts during the regular season, uh, another against Longview in the playoffs, and they they were giving up you know as, as little over a half a goal per game. Uh, that's even counting the six to five game uh, against Rowlett in the season finale, in which the game the team just kind of let loose because there was nothing on the line. Um, so it's an outstanding unit. Um, 
It gives them a chance to win every game, and if their offense is able to make enough plays, as you've seen during this playoff run, uh, they're, they're capable of beating anybody. Plus, I mean, you can't underestimate just the level of comfort that, yep. you know, being able to thrive in those shootouts the way that they have. I mean, as wonky as shootouts can be, as we certainly <laughs> talked about last week, um, just to have that kind of, I mean, that kind of consistency there, I mean, it's it's a situation that surely they're not going to balk at the pressure of that moment, it feels like. No, no, and again, one of their shootout wins during the regular yeah. season was against Bratlett, who was the 10th state okay. champion. Champion. Uh, you know, and so so these guys are used to it. And, and um, with each week, uh, you know, talking with Coach Brule, uh, their confidence has grown. Uh, this is a, this is a group that had to replace a lot of seniors from last year. So a lot of these guys were taking on new roles or expanded roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they grew up during the course of the year, and, and they're peaking at the right time. Uh, so, yeah, Saxe will continue its playoff run Friday, 4 o'clock, down at Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex in Austin against Aldine. Um, they will be joined that day by both the Allen boys and girls soccer teams. Um, Allen boys and girls bound for the uh, for the regional semifinals in the same year for the first time since 2008, and they've both conducted business in fairly similar fashion through these first three rounds of the playoffs. Um, you know, the boys, I mean, all three of their wins have been by two goals, you know, 2-0 against Garland, 2-0 against North Mesquite, and then 3-1 in the regional quarters against, uh, against Mesquite. You know, you got guys like Reed Berry, who is the engine of their offense, you know, as, coach, as, as a head coach, Kim Fullerton will say, is as he goes, they go most nights, and he's certainly come through big with three goals this postseason. Uh, Benny Luby and Colton Griffin, you know, uh, two other players that have really helped kind of commandeer this offense. Um, you know, they did surrender their first goal of the playoffs in the second half um, against Mesquite last week. Um, but, I mean, with the way that, you know, we've talked, you know, extensively about just the job that their defense has done this season, I mean, it feels like at this point, if Allen can get out to a 2 0 lead, it's basically death for an opponent, it feels like, just because of how solid that back line has been. And um, I mean, yeah, they um, you know they were able to really just they kind of just cracked Mesquite across the mouth in that regional quarterfinal. It sounds like they led three nothing, you know, through one half. And I mean, given Allen's, you know, the way Allen has conducted its business this season, I mean, that's more than enough cushion for a, uh, you know, for that defense to handle. Um, you know, they do draw, you know, College Park, you know, coming up in the regional semifinals, a College Park team that's it was a little tough to kind of figure out what to make of them. You know, they kind of squeaked, they squeaked out their first two playoff matches, one uh, zero each of the first and second rounds, and then they just caught fire in the regional quarters against Pflugerville Hendrickson. They beat them 4-1. to one. Well, and, and that's a curious region, the way it's set up. You don't have your kind of traditional heavyweights. Yeah. I mean, you know, Allen and Saxe have had some success, but they're not the first programs that spring to mind. You oh, yeah. think of these soccer powerhouses. And College Park, I believe, was the runner-up in their district. Yeah, and Aldine was the fourth-place team. And they beat 16, the Woodlands. Yes, yes, yes. So it's really kind of shaping up to be one of those mm. kind of open... I mean, Allen might be, as the only district champion, might be the favorite going into that region. Yeah. Allen, I mean, see, I mean, you have I mean, College Park in the midst of their deepest playoff run ever. Allen with its deepest run since 2008, as I mentioned. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. With the confidence that the Allen team is playing with, I mean, they've got as good a shot as anybody at coming out on top uh, on top this week. They, um, that game is, let's see, six o'clock at Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex. The girls play earlier in the afternoon at one o'clock, and this is, I mean, this is a heavyweight battle <laughs> them against uh, Vandegrift, who is a uh, you know, Vandegrift ranked, um, I believe, at number three in the state. You know, per uh, top drawer soccer, I want to say they're number eight, and uh, according to TGCA, only lost one game all season, and that was their first game of the year to a California school. So they're undefeated against Texas, um, and yeah, they come in just absolutely rolling. And um, yeah, a, a matchup that I mean, I was looking over just some of their numbers. They've posted 19 shutouts this season, 17 for Allen. I mean, it's it is a matchup that is certainly a bit a uh, bit of a high uh, high qualified uh, you know regional semifinal. But I mean, listen. 
watching this uh, this Allen team, you know, finally getting to see them in person last uh, last Friday against Tyler Lee. Um, they're rolling right now. The offense had kind of you know gone into a bit of a funk, you know, over the back half of district play. It could have something to do with you know seeing these teams a second time through them, having a better idea of how to uh, how to game plan for you because the offense is just snapped back into form during the playoffs. Five to one against Naaman Forest, five zero against Belton, and then five zero last week against Tyler Lee, a Tyler Lee team that was ranked number ten, I believe, in the state by TGCA. Well, and, and I was going to ask you about their defense because I believe it's Carly Wyatt mm-hmm. for Tyler Lee, um, who signed with Alabama, who had yeah. more than forty goals. She was one of the more impressive offensive players I saw this season, and apparently Allen just I could put honestly the clamps on her and Maddie Bice for that matter. Yeah, Maddie Bice is it? I couldn't have told you just because of the number of just like really truly relevant moments that's, that uh, that Lee's offense had as far as mounting a serious charge. I mean, they got a couple shots off, you know, within the first, um, you, know, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes or so, but after that, I mean, there was nothing. I don't believe they had a shot on goal in the entire second half. <laughs> and, um, you know, Allen, once... It, 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 I mean, those playoff matches, they've all followed the same manuscript. They've held a 1-0 lead at halftime in all three of them, and then they've scored four goals in the second <laughs> half in each. I mean, just something about... I mean, it's, you know, Kelly Thompson joking that I... Uh, sh- it's those sort of halftime speeches, and <laughs> but nevertheless, I mean, just it really does become contagious with this Allen team once they, uh, and because getting to see it firsthand, you know, they it's not like they weren't able to generate, you know, good looks in the first half, just weren't finishing, and just everything seemed to kind of fall into place. It really is such a well organized and really skilled team as far as the job that they do, moving the ball around and just generating, you know, clean opportunities in uh, you know, in the box. And I mean, as has been the case all season, you know, they're getting contributions all across. The, the lineup. You had five goals against Tyler Lee. All five came from a different player. You, know, you had Anna Reza, Ashley Williams, Haley Spray, Madison Williams, and Andrea Ridgely all scoring. And um, I mean, yeah, they're just they're in such a good way right now. And I mean, obviously on paper, this Vandegrift team is certainly nothing to snuff at. And yeah, I'd say uh, you know their biggest challenge since they played uh, South Lake Carroll in uh, in non district. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, on paper, it looks like a coin flip and should be a, you know should be a fantastic match. Um, there is now, if there is a little bit of an intangible that would favor Vandegrift, it's basically going to be a home game for them. Because <laughs> uh, Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex is 20 minutes away from Vandegrift High School versus being 3 hours and 15 minutes away from Allen. So um, we'll see if that's, a, if that's a factor on Friday. That, that game, uh, once again, is at, uh, is at 1 p.m. Down in Austin, Allen versus Vandegrift, two of the uh, absolute best teams still standing in the playoffs. Should be a good one. I just mentioned South Lake Carroll, Justin. Uh, yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, yeah, we can switch switch to uh, you know talk a little about some uh, some Region One Six A action. Um, you got to you know see uh, see South Lake Carroll, and obviously yeah. you know it, uh, a, a matchup that was certainly on your radar for pretty much ever since the playoff rackets were yeah. <laughs> came into came into focus. So um, you know didn't uh, things didn't exactly work out in favor of Capel, but just getting to see that matchup, yeah. one of the more high profile playoff matches to date. Um, just what were your takeaways yeah. from that one? Well. Definitely didn't disappoint. We were just watching it, you could see the the skill on the field, the excitement. It was a high-paced game, mm-hmm. back and forth. You know, Carroll just has a dynamic offense with you know multiple, you know, some of the best offensive talents in the, in the whole state on that team. Um, so it was a very exciting game. Um, you know, coming out, you know, all the hype. Two of the top, the two top teams in the region. You know, two of the top five in the nation. If you look at that top drawer soccer site. Yeah. And, you know, right off the bat, you know, each team got a rush, like, within the first minute, and, you know, their fans were on their feet, and, you know, that kind of intensity just continued the whole way. Um, Coppell just kind of lost the mark of a Carol girl early, 
she took advantage. Um, Maddie Drinowitz, she got the goal. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of battling. Lots of chances, lots of excitement both ways. And then Capel finally gets on the board. Ten minutes left, they're down 1-0. Haley Roberson with an awesome header from the left side of the box right into the right corner of the net up high. There was really nothing the keeper could do. So mm-hmm. we go to extra time, and something happened, something clicked with Southlake. You know, they give up the goal with ten minutes left, and they get right into overtime, and boom, one minute in, score. Two minutes later, score again. They're up 3-1, so they just kind of held that lead the rest, the rest of the way. But... Definitely didn't seem like a third round match. No, like no. Those, some, somebody, a, a good team is sitting at home right now. That's one of the top four or five teams in the state, without a doubt, I would say. But you're not empty handed right now. You've still got a team that's still kicking out. I, right. I, I wonder, like, just how many years straight between Louisville ISD and Capel you've had a team in the regional tournament? Oh. Feels like a pretty. Like, uh, every year. <laughs> I mean, it's all the time. It's been almost every year that somebody's made it to state, let alone just a regional. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, yeah, you've got the, the Flower Mound boys are still doing their Flower thing. Flower Mound boys are still kicking. Um, they will draw, let's see, Bowie. Bowie, and it's going to be 4 o'clock out at McKinney's new stadium. So um, just looking at the regional draw, you have to say it kind of sets up for pretty well for Flower Mound. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the regional rankings, on one side you have Arlington, Sam Houston. They're the top ranked team in the nation. They're going to play Grand Prairie, who's ranked seventh. Then you have Flower Mound ranked fourth, and they actually draw a buoy team that's not ranked at all. So mm-hmm. I guess just okay. looking at the rankings, you would say the at least the semifinal draw sets mm-hmm. up pr- pretty favorably for them. Um, this is a team that coming into the year, I think everybody had pretty high expectations for. Yeah. They were you know ranked top ten in the nation. Um, basically on their defense, you know, they have a great goalie in Landon Leach. Um, keepers, uh, Wyatt, Brennan, Reese Mullins, their defenders are playing well. They have two shutouts in the playoffs. So everybody kind of thought this would be a good defensive team, but, man, they've been lighting it up in the playoffs offensively. They have 11 goals in their three games. Wow. They won 4-0 the first round over Byron Nelson. Then they get a Brock Clayton goal with, like, I think seven seconds left to beat Duncanville 4-3. to and then they came out and just worked uh, WT White 3-0 on Friday, a game that um, one of our associates, Kevin, was covering. So, and WT um, White, a quality program. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And just beat that uh, Coppell team. Or, excuse me, I get, Hebron, Hebron. I get them all mixed yeah. up. <laughs> get, those double, get those double headers mixed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, very impressive 3-0 showing. Shane Papaluk comes out, scores 12 minutes in. Hector mm-hmm. Torres gets one 15 minutes later. So they had a nice 2-0 lead at halftime. Parker George finds the net for the final 3-0 margin. Um, Brock Clayton, another one of their strong offensive players, had a couple assists, it looks like. So really sound performance by Flower Mound. They look to be rolling pretty well. You know, two convincing wins and a win over a good Duncanville team. And what a what a nice coup not having to drive all the way out to Midland yeah. for both you and for, uh, for Flower <laughs> you know, Mound. It's always up in the air because so many times it's four teams from this region and they end up just like switching it back. And mm. You're just like rooting for the one El Paso team to not root for everybody. <laughs> and then one El Paso mm. team will win so all seven other Metroplex teams have to go out there. But this year, yeah, nice right there in McKinney. Yeah, McKinney ISD Stadium should be, uh, should be a doozy. Yeah, that match is, let's see, Flower Mound versus Bowie. 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Friday out at McKinney ISD Stadium. Yeah, it looks like they have the boys' games first and then the girls' games mm-hmm. after that. And, uh, yeah, that is a look at, at the very least, kind of where things stand right now, at least in the 6A portion of the high school soccer playoffs in our coverage area. Still got plenty of action, though, on the 5A side of things. Some Frisco ISD programs are always still hanging around, and that's the case. Plus, Lake Dallas, and we will bring on Taylor Ragland and Brian Murphy in a moment to discuss that. But first, uh, got to shine that student-athlete spotlight, and for that, we mentioned Saxy. Saxy bound for the regional semifinals. 
Uh, one of the key reasons why is the play of their goalkeeper, Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, Devin had a chance to go chat with Miguel on Saxy's playoff run, and we will see what he had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey y'all, this is Devin Hassan with the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. We are at Saxe High School where the Mustangs are getting ready for this week's Region 2 tournament, which begins on Friday afternoon. Uh, Saxe will be taking on Aldine at 4 o'clock at Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex in Austin in the regional semifinals. And I'm joined by Miguel Gonzalez, Saxe's outstanding senior goalkeeper. Miguel, appreciate you taking a couple minutes no, to talk thank, with us. Thank you for well, having me. Sure thing. I think when people uh, kind of look at that bracket, some people might be surprised by mm-hmm. Saxe being there. You guys, though, I gotta believe that this has been a realistic goal for you, you and your team, all year long. Yes, personally, we set our own goals this year, starting off small, trying to take over district. That was our main goal to begin with. You know, it, it didn't go the, the way we wanted it, so we put we put our mind to a different goal, which was um, get second seed. You know, and advance from there and take it step by step, playing game by game. And luckily, we're in where we stand right now. And thanks to God and everything, everything went right. Well, and, you know, defense has really been the backbone of this team all year mm-hmm. long, giving up under a goal a game. Uh, what's kind of the, the dynamic back there between you and your defensive unit? Are you vocal out there? Are you directing traffic? Or do you kind of guys just kind of know where to go? How's that dynamic back We're there? We're very vocal in the back. It, 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 it all starts in the back, you know, from my defender, my center backs, my wings, with Ricky, Addison, Luke, and Danny in the back. It starts from the back. It's, we're very vocal, and that's what made this team very successful along the way. Because in the beginning, we were struggling offensively, putting in goals because we had the chances. We were creating and everything. It was just we were missing that one touch. And that's what's costing cost us some of the games throughout the district. And when playoffs started, Everything started, yeah, every, everything started to click. Now, uh, Coach Brule, when I talked to him the other day, too, talked about the, the team's camaraderie, not just on the field, but off the field. Is this a, is this a tight-knit group? Yeah, it's tight. It's like we have our little discussions every now and then, but we're, we're very united in and outside of the field locker. We're very Okay. You know, and I mentioned it might be a surprise to some. It shouldn't be since actually was just there two years ago. Mm-hmm. I know some of the guys were on the team then. Some of them weren't. Uh, made it to the regional final where they lost to uh, Jesuit uh, in the championship game. Is that an experience that y'all talk about? Uh, yeah, we bring it every once in a while, you know, whenever we're, like, in big games in certain positions. And it was an experience for some of us that were there. And they're, like, more experienced and know how to give advice to the younger ones that weren't there. And that helps us throughout the way to succeed. Yeah. And uh, speaking of experience, during the course of the season, y'all had a lot of close matches, mm-hmm. uh, a handful that went to shootouts. Yeah. How big was that? Because you know that he's going to have those type of matches in the playoffs. How big was having that experience in there during the regular season getting into the playoff run? What really helped us the most for now from what I've seen was um, the shootouts, the um, going into PKs. We had, you say, three out of our four losses we had in PKs. Um, that really helped us out a lot going into playoffs because most of the teams go usually go into ties and not, that's it. That's about it. No PKs or overtime. Well, so that really helped us out. Well, and obviously you've had to draw on that experience yeah. in the last week. Uh, you go into the PKs, it gets long view in the area around. You come up mm-hmm. with two big saves. Uh, same thing with McKinney um, on Friday. You come up with a big save there. 
I mean, there's so much pressure on everybody in a shootout, yeah. but especially on the goalkeeper. Yeah. What kind of mindset do you have to take into into a shootout to be successful? Um, I wouldn't say it's more of a mindset. It's more like uh, usually whenever it's like comes into PKs, it's mostly about luck. If you have to have luck, if you don't, if you don't have that luck on your side, then it's really tough. It's really tough to come out with a big win or save. And luckily, the luck's been on outside of these past two games. So and is that is that something? Cause I've heard I've heard some keepers say well, I just I guess a direction. I've, I've heard some say we just try I just try to read make a, a split second decision. Yes, yeah, mostly kinda... it depends. Every goalkeeper has their own mentality, and for me, I try to do it like switch it up every once in a while. Sometimes I try to react. Sometimes I try to guess. Or it's t- it's, there's, it's no, way, there's no right way to do it. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Obviously, you got uh, you're going down there for the first one on Friday, but your goal is to get down there and uh, win two. I guess in your mind, what are the keys to success for? I guess this time next week, y'all are preparing to go to Georgetown. Well, it's mostly about staying humble, focused, and just play like we've been playing, and that's about it. And wish for the best. Okay, fantastic. Again, that's uh, Saxe's going to be taking on Aldine in the regional semifinals, 4 o'clock at the Kelly Reeves Athletic Clock Complex in Austin. Uh, that's about a wrap from here. Miguel Gonzalez, appreciate you joining us for a few minutes. Best of luck this no week. Uh, this is Devin Hassan, and now back to the podcast. Thanks again to Miguel Gonzalez for taking the time to chat with Devin for our student athlete spotlight. And with that, we've done a, uh, a line change. You've got Taylor Ragland, Brian Murphy in to discuss the 5A portion of the high school soccer playoffs. Uh, taking a look at a few of the teams that we still have standing that are bound for regionals later this week. And Brian, what a surprise. you got like three Frisco schools that are still playing. Just another year in Frisco ISD soccer. And I thought it was going to be four. I thought yeah. I was going to do the quadruple header on, on Friday at yeah, Standridge. You've got a busy day coming up Friday out at Standridge Stadium. Sure. You have on the boys' side, Frisco Heritage and uh, reigning champ Frisco Wakeland. And then on the girls' side, Frisco Independence. So a couple uh, couple newbies to the, uh, to the regional semifinal mix. Let's talk about some of the new blood first um the okay. independence or heritage just start with either just talk and talk about about their respective playoff runs up to this point frisco heritage last season was three and eleven wow <laughs> in district they won three games in district this year they flip it around they tie wakeland in the season finale they were going to make a playoff spot regardless mm-hmm. so but they they're down 2-0 to wakeland and they rally back they score a goal late and then they score another goal in like the final minute and i was at that game mm-hmm. And it was almost like they, they were celebrating like they won. And Wakeland, that that game, that result, gave Wakeland a district title. And so, you know, Wakeland should have been the one really celebrating. But, you know, when you're the back-to-back defending state champions, it's just like, okay, whatever. Uh, and then Heritage, they were, they were ecstatic, man. They were ecstatic. They took Wakeland the distance. And I think that's really, you know, propelled them in the playoffs these first, you know, three rounds. And they're coming off a thriller. Against Lovejoy in you know extra time, they mm-hmm. scored with four minutes left in the second extra time. Wow! To win the game, that's about as exciting as it gets. You know, when when, when it comes to you know extra time soccer, uh, you know, crazy turnaround. I mean, it, it, to go from three wins to now in the regional tournament, and you know, that's just the epitome of Frisco soccer. Like that, this shows you how tough that district is. Maybe that. You know that three and eleven record last year wasn't because they were that bad. It was just because that district was that good. Mm-hmm. You know they just kind of tweaked some things, tweaked some things, and just like that, just showing the depth of Frisco ISD. You know, 
two Frisco boys teams in the regional tournament. It sounds like that uh, that result against Wakeland was probably more uh, more validating than anything because that's I mean that's the measuring stick in Frisco ISD soccer. It has sure. been for years is Wakeland. So to get a result like that against the Wolverines at that juncture in the season when Wakeland still had something to play for, obviously, and to uh, you know to carry that result now into the playoffs, I think it just kind of validated that okay, you no, know, we do feel like we belong amongst the, uh, the yeah. elite in this region. And you're seeing what it uh, you know what it's blossomed into. They uh, they draw. Let's see, they draw Mount Pleasant. That game is three o'clock um, again at Standard Stadium out in Carrollton, so not a uh, not a far drive at all for Frisco Heritage. Um, on the girls' side, you have a uh, Frisco Independence, a team that was, I mean, uh, yeah, Lady Knights bound for the fourth round for first time in school history. I'm guessing. Yeah, to the regional tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. They uh, they also draw Mount Pleasant. That game is at twelve thirty p.m. out at Standridge. So um, yeah, just kind of size up Independence and where they're at right now. So prior to their last game against Creekview, in which they needed shootouts to beat them in a two-two game, which I was expecting, you know, them to win by five or six goals, just based off of <laughs> not out of arrogance or anything, you know, or bias to the teams that I cover, they had been destroying teams leading into the playoffs. Their last two district games, they beat Frisco. Granted, Frisco finished last place in the district. They beat them eight to zero. Okay. Sure, best team in the district, worst team in the district by on paper makes sense. But then to to finish district, they beat Centennial, who made the playoffs, won their first playoff mm-hmm. game against Wiley East. They beat them seven to one, and Landry Corbett would just started going off six goals in that game. You know they kind of let her loose mm-hmm. there. You know I think they didn't want you know teams to have film on her during the year. But then once the end of the season was mm-hmm. coming, they're like all right, just. Just let her free. Uh, no, but then they played Princeton in the first round. They beat them seven to nothing. They play Arnold Turner. They beat them nine to nothing. So I'm like, okay, another Carrollton school. Next up to get just blasted, and Creepy gave them a game. Yeah. And I and I was hearing from from Kendrick, you know, earlier this morning. Uh, Creepy's goalie was just phenomenal. And so I'm like thinking, okay, Creepy, they beat North in a shootout uh, in the round before. And then they take Independence, who is a better team, mm-hmm. plain and simple. They're state-ranked, top ten in the state. They're a phenomenal, explosive team. Maybe Creekview is just that team playing for the shootouts, what teams do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't at that game, so don't get mad at me, Creekview, if you all see this. But, I mean, if you have a good goalie and you know the team is explosive offensively, why not stack the back and pray for shootouts? And that's what they did. And they almost knocked off you know, Independence in what would have been you know, probably the upset of of the playoffs for sure, at least on the girls' side in that region for sure. I feel like at some point though that you know the shoe was going to drop and Independence wasn't going to just average seven goals a game for the True. rest of the, for the entire postseason. Um, but yeah, at the very least, you know, for their sake, it was good to at least have that matchup where it's not coming as routine as it had been in recent yeah. weeks. And to they needed that, yeah. you know, because if they would have won six, seven, eight, nothing, then they could be going into these games. They play Mount Pleasant at Standards at twelve thirty, and if they happen to get by them, most likely they'll be playing. Highland Park. Ooh, and you just saw Highland Park. I've seen Highland Park twice last <laughs> week. And that game will not be a blowout on either side. Uh, we will not be scoring seven goals no, in Highland Park. No, no, no. And I guess that can kind of transition us into, you know, the game I saw Highland Park play last. Yeah. Against Wakeland, the defending state champions, the Wakeland girls soccer team. And, boy, so Highland Park was coming off a 6-3 win over Frisco Centennial. Wakeland coming in red hot. And this game was about as good as you know it could have been, as good as it had been the last two years. Third year in a row they've met in the playoffs. So part three, rubber match, something had to give. Wakeland beat them in shootouts last year. Highland Park beat them 2-1 to one the year before. The winner of each of those games went on to win state. 
So, uh, it, is this, you know, something, uh, you know, is this Highland Park's chance now that they won and they're going to go on to win state again like they did in 2017? I don't know, but, you know, this game was 1-1, you know, the entire second half. 1-1 going into the half. Coming out, Wakeland dominated, you know, the last 20, 25 minutes. They had the win at their back. They just couldn't put him away. Gracie Bryan came close. She scored the get- Wakeland's only goal of that game. Obviously, we've had her on the pod and talked about her plenty. Hannah Mandel, Peyton Adams, other seniors played their final game. It's really heartbreaking for that team, you know, knowing that run they went on last year. A bulk of that team coming back. You get a coaching change. Sid Curry retires. You bring in Jamie Lankford, who's won state titles with the McKinney teams. And, mm-hmm. You know, they, they were locked and loaded. I wouldn't say they're the favorite because they're in that same region as Highland Park, but you know, that would have been something really special, you know, to, to beat the Lady Scots. But, hey, there's no shame in losing to them. Nope. Highland Park has one of the best players in the state in Presley Eccles. She made play after play after play against Centennial. She made the big play at the end, scored the game-winning goal for Highland Park with a minute and 37 left in regulation. Just devastating yeah. for, for, for the Wakeland girls soccer team. But obviously, uh, all hope is not lost, though, for the Wakeland soccer scene um, in general. Boys are still kicking, but we'll get to them in a sec. Let's give Taylor give a break. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give Taylor a chance to chime in. Um, Taylor, you've been uh, following this Lake Dallas team. Is Lake Dallas is the, uh, the good times. Just keep on rolling for the Falcons, who are uh, just continuing to make history with each round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the story for you know the entire postseason is that, you know, and I asked Brandon Martin, um, basically that question after their win over Arlington Heights uh, last week on Friday is that every round is uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, how do you continue to prepare? What do you continue to do? Because, you know, every round and every step you take is a new experience completely for literally everybody in the program. So, um, Man, it's been a couple of uh, a couple of thrillers. I mean, they beat uh, Mansfield Legacy three uh, nothing in the area round, but you saw that by district game um, where they had to come back twice in the final fifteen seconds of a period. You know, in the final fifteen seconds of regulation, they get the penalty kick attempt from Carlos Samora, um, scores on the rebound, go to overtime, and then Patty Anthony Patty, um, the sophomore, scores to win that game with two seconds with, left. <laughs> with two seconds left, they roll through Mansfield Legacy and then get. Arlington Heights and kind of a similar story. I mean, it wasn't the last 15 seconds, but um, going into the half, they were down one nothing to Arlington Heights. Um, Zamora tied it <laughs> uh, in the second half at 1-1. Heights scored like three minutes later. Uh, Lake Dallas was down 2-1, and then, you know, guess who? Anthony Patty with back-to-back goals within, I believe, three minutes um, to put Lake Dallas on top 3-2, uh, and they would, they would ride out that lead. Um, some tense moments to the end. Uh, definitely, I mean, at Arlington Heights, obviously in the postseason, especially, you know, you're down a goal, it starts to get under 10 minutes, you're going to just throw everything you have, you know, in, in the attacking third and, and see what happens. But Lake Dallas survives, headed to their first regional tournament. As I mentioned, every round is uncharted territory, so. <laughs> I mean, they, they had won one playoff yeah. game before this season. And it was last year, yeah, and, and that was it. And, you know, it continues the theme of, you know, uh, they're eliminated by Lovejoy last season. Um, and the the Leopards tied it on an 80th minute goal and then beat Lake Dallas in overtime and I know Brandon Martin said the same thing to you during that bias yeah. game when they came back that moment and that goal is so etched in their memories that and Patty said as much too when I asked him about you know his game winning uh, goal last week that 
you know, they just keep playing. You know, that's been their one mission and their one kind of mantra this season is that, you know, we're going to play 80 minutes, we're going to play 100 minutes if we need to, we're going to play the shoot. Like, there's there's no reason to ever quit, and, and they haven't. Um, and now <laughs> they've earned a, a date with a regional tournament full of district winners, which it's funny <laughs> looking at, you know, looking at the, the Region 1 and Region 3 um, brackets, I guess. You know, Lake Dallas gets Bel Air, Burleson, um, Wichita Falls hosts Wichita Falls somehow. No, that worked yeah. out for them. Lake Dallas <laughs> plays them at 10 a.m. Friday in Wichita Falls. Um, all district champions. And then on the other side, one district champion in Region 3, which is it's kind of crazy just how things mm-hmm. shake out. But So certainly no easy task in the regional tournament. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I'm not willing to put anything past Lake Dallas at this point. They just continue to find ways to win soccer games. Mm-hmm. They... They are a family, I think, in the truest sense of the word. Um, you know, they, they're, like I mentioned, they, they definitely have kind of a never-say-die <laughs> attitude no matter what the score is. Um, it was, man, it was insane, uh, Patty scoring those two goals uh, back-to-back. But it's almost expected at yeah. this point. Like, they just keep doing it. Yeah. They just keep finding ways to win. So, I, you know, it, it's going to be tough. You know, you got to go out to Wichita Falls. Like I said, it's a home game for Wichita Falls on Friday. But, man, I'm, I'm not ready to to write them off in, in any game. So, you know, already a, a pretty historic, uh, magical season for them, uh, completely uncharted waters, but no signs of slowing down, at least not for mm-hmm. not for now. Whereas this is all uncharted waters for Lake Dallas, this is just another day in the office for yeah. Frisco Wakeland, man. <laughs> Frisco Wakeland boys still kicking around, still uh, in line to defend their state championship. And sure enough, yeah, the, uh, the run continues Friday, 5.30 p.m. out at Standard Stadium. They draw Jacksonville. Talk a bit about uh, Wakeland, though. The Wolverines kind of where they're at now as they are once again bound for the regional tournament. What's it going to take to get the regional tournament at the Star? I mean, Wichita Falls gets one in their own backyard. Let's, you know, Frisco's always in it. Let's get it. The Kenny ISD Stadium stepped up to the plate and got the region one 6 a.m. in their backyard. I mean, granted, they'll be right down the street in Carrollton, so no complaints there. One thing to note, so Wakeland, through these first three games, they've been blowing teams out. Mm -hmm. Last year through the playoffs, you know, when they went on that magical run after finishing fourth in district, you know, they were just squeaking by, you know, some teams. You know, they, they, they barely beat Prosper. Then they went to extra time and shootouts against Wiley East. They beat Centennial in that epic third-round game that I was at at McKinney Boyd. And then they needed extra time to beat Lake Ridge at, at the regional tournament, which I was at last year at Stanridge. And then they barely beat Mount Pleasant, a team they could rematch against in the regional final once again, a team they beat one nothing on a late goal. I believe it was by Jacob Miller. Mm-hmm. Jacob Miller, the same kid that said <laughs> that gave me the infamous quote last year about you know we don't we waited till the playoffs to and I'm not this isn't word for word but he said something along the lines we waited till the playoffs to to really turn it up which I mean apparently they did because they finished fourth last year in that district yes they were on the the cusp of you know being you know Frisco Centennial this year possibly the second best team in that district and they didn't make the playoffs Mm -hmm. which is blows my mind that Centennial uh, didn't make it but then you look at this year and they're just blowing teams out so far you know they have a 4-0 win uh, against Jefferson they start off the postseason with a 6-0 win over Sherman Uh, I mean that's the benefit I guess of being the district champion yeah First few games are a lot easier. Last year they had a tougher road to start it off, you know. But the, uh, Arnold Turner, who's been you know perennial playoff team mm-hmm. in boys soccer year in and year out, they beat them three uh, one last week. And so, couldn't tell you anything about Jacksonville. Uh, don't don't know the scouting report on them yet. I'll talk to Coach uh, Andy Holt later this week. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, 
I don't see them losing until maybe a game against Mount Pleasant, a rematch, or, you know, or Heritage. I would love a Heritage. You could Wakeland. get some Frisco I, 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 on Frisco. There's so many Friscos. I, uh, man, that would be awesome. A Heritage Wakeland uh, rematch from that district finale. Yep. They meet in the regional finals. So many times this year in so many sports we've seen, you know, Frisco against Frisco in a regional championship. You know, obviously the Lone Star Liberty Girls basketball yep, is fun. Absolutely. We can, I was hoping we'd get that Independence Wakeland girls soccer uh, regional final, but we can hope for, for Heritage Wakeland here. Saturday, potentially. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to give the Wolverines just the edge just because of their prior experience. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. And yeah. some have been saying, you know, the buzz around Wakeland is that, you know, <laughs> these teams are built for this year and next year because the majority of their star players right now are juniors. You look at Todd Fuller, junior. He's been a starter on this team since he was a freshman. You look at Mark Barbonis, state tournament MVP last year as a sophomore, he's a junior and he's playing really well. And you have some other pieces around these guys and. You know, this is the, these are the years that they were supposed to be really winning, <laughs> not last year and the year before when they won state titles. So, three P, <laughs> we'll see. Oh yeah, I'm sure those are just heartwarming words for the rest of Frisco ISD. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's a look at um, yeah, it's just a look at kind of where things stand right now in the high school soccer playoffs. Be it six A and five A, we'll be covering all this good stuff on Friday and potentially Saturday. So um, yeah, we'll have you covered there. Um, nevertheless, folks, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast for Matt Welsh. Taylor Raglan, Brian Murphy. Appreciate uh, Justin and Devin for tagging along as well. Um, Folks, you enjoy your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.